On today's episode, Dave interviews Loretta Fox. Loretta's been in Blades of Glory, Parks and Recreation, Seinfeld, and That 70s Show. On location at the L.A. Scripted Comedy Festival, I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. I love L.A., but I cannot, and I might have talked about this before, I just can't go to the beach because I feel like it's a, a million hours of work in order to go to the beach. Well, it's as much work as you want to make it, Dave. You know, it, it, Grant, if you're going, you know, with a, a big plan to stay the day and you got the cooler and you got the boogie boards and you got all that, I get it, but you can also just go down there and sit there. But you also have to go, we're going to go to the beach, we're going to get our beach clothes on, get the be- kid, get your beach clothes on, we're going to go get the beach clothes on, we're going to eat some food, grab the food, grab the cooler, right? And then you drive down there and you have to get parking, right? And then you park and then you got to find a place to put your blanket, right? Right. And then you put your blanket there and then there are the other people there that I don't like. So I think that it's my issue. It's totally it's an totally obvious... It's totally your issue. Totally I think you issue. should be taking advantage of the beach. I think what you need to do is just get past your... Uh, paranoia about it or the fact that you think it's too much work. Right. You can have the stuff in your car ready to go. You can keep a beach towel or a beach blanket in your car, your boogie board if you do that. Uh-huh. You know, it, you don't have to take a whole crap load of stuff because guess what? There are places to buy food there. And guess what? <laughs> there are lots to park in. What you have to prepare for is $15 for parking. Right. But, you know, then you're there you, all day. How long have you been here? How long have you lived in L.A.? Oh, I'm going to say the better part of 20 years. 20 years. Mm-hmm. The better part of 20 years. And in that time, did you, so you came from what city? Well, I will say I did a brief, well, two and a half, three year stint in beautiful San Diego, California. Why? How'd you end up there? Because when I graduated from college, I have a degree in communications, which means basically nothing, but then it did. Uh-huh. What do you mean then it did? Because every, you know, they looked at that as something, but what I wanted to do was not ultimately what I ended up doing, which was sales. I thought I would be in broadcasting or journalism, but no. Uh, I had a million job offers to be in sales, and the one I accepted was with Hobart Corporation, who manufactures commercial kitchen equipment. Right. Very sexy company. But also, and yet, I got to tell you, I like the, like a, a, an industrial strength blender or like that kind of oh, shit. Oh, yeah, I, I love to love use it. it. I don't like to sell it. No. No, 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 no. So anyway, the reason I took that job is because they said you can go here, 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 or San Diego. And I said, San Diego. I'd never been west of Iowa, being from You've Ohio. never been west of Iowa? Yeah. Your family never said, hey kids, we're going to Anaheim to go to Disneyland? Never. We went to Orlando. Got Because when you're from Ohio, you go to Florida. Right. Of course you do. Yeah. It's a direct flight. How many family members were there in the family that you had? Uh, two brothers, myself and the parents. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. So we did do that. But, I, but, you know, that was when I was 16 and I couldn't be bothered. Right. I just wanted to be in Fort Myers. You know, snake and right. beers. That's and where my dad and his my wife, they just, they just bought a condo in Fort Myers. It's nice. I go, I've been there quite a lot, actually. You do go there a lot? Yeah, I do. Why? Uh, my dad was there for a while. My uncle lives there. Just to see people, pilgrimages, right. Would you ever move there? No. Why wouldn't you move there? Uh, why would I? Right. That's the way I feel about yeah, Florida. Why would Florida I? in general. Yeah. I, I, it's a place no where reason. Jews go to die. I don't think you're Jews. Yeah, I'm not but, a Jew. Right. I get people confuse me for a Jew because my Do they really think Fox. you're a Jew? Yeah. I, yeah, I get confused you for a Jew. You could be a Jew. I, I could, could look at you and say, you're a Jew. Mm-hmm. I could, I could look at that. Okay. I'm going to make you a Jew. All right. Um, but there's something really awesome about um, 
move, going down there and just visiting and getting the fuck out. Well, yeah. You know, that's what it's all about. And believe me, I like Florida. There's parts of where I'd love to go. It's like, where was it that Hemingway? Right, the Keys. Lived? The Keys. Right. That keys. is where I would probably think, hmm, I might be able to do this. Right. But I've never been to that part of Florida. But no. I, I like going to the sideshow elements of Florida, you know, like the monkey jungles, if you will. I was in Miami. Literally the monkey jungles? It's called monkey jungle. Monkey jungle. Yeah. So it's also crocodile, the crocodile farm. Where, yes, where, where it's kind of sketchy. Come. Right. You know, it's kind of it, carny, but that's right. the real Florida, you know. Uh, Saratoga had the circus museum. Oh, that, that's, you know, you're singing my tune. Right. Love that kind of stuff. I know Love you it. do. Anything to do with the freak show, circus, I'm all over it. Not the Ringling Brothers one, you know, more the Coney Island right. type of the sideshow. Yeah, sideshow, sideshow, sideshow. Are you writing at all? I write, yes, I do. You write a lot. I do. I'm not as prolific as I would like, and I write mostly what I'm going to perform. Like tonight, I'm doing the show, Tell It, where I'm writing. An, I wrote an essay that I'm performing tonight for the first time. Mm -hmm. But I enjoy it. I really do. I mean, it's hard because. As a performer and doing this, the reason it's really kind of strange is you have this piece of paper and you're thinking to yourself, the audience must think that you think that's really great. The audience must think that you think that writing is really great Got it. because you you like it so much that you're going to read it. So there's that pressure <laughs> of, okay, I wrote this and guess what? It's so great. I'm going to read it to you. But hey, it's just I'm, I have a calling to do it. Um, for me, I feel like I, I, I love writing. I love it. And, and yet if somebody says, and when people do, because people do say this to me a lot, you should write a book. I feel like that's a lot you're asking me. Well, the word should, first of all. The word should. So what, what's your feeling about that? Because I have a feeling about that. Probably the same word. Same uh, way. It's kind of, I don't really love the word. It's nice that people feel that you have the capability. Right to write a book and I'm assuming that the people that are telling you that you should would be the people that would run to buy it and read it. Right. <laughs> but that's a tall order. I think so too. The should is a tall order. The idea uh, yeah, of... Yeah, the should. Uh, you might want to think about I or better what if you had. you should. Right. Yeah. You might want to think about writing a book. Yeah. I have, I, have people, I had a teacher who said, um, don't should on yourself. Don't should on yourself? Don't should on yourself. Don't should on yourself. Don't should on yourself. And I thought, that is awesome. My marriage was a lot of should. You know what you should do? And I, I kept thinking, why, do, why does that not feel right? We were never married, Dave. Wait a minute. You don't know that. You don't know that we were never married. I'm pretty sure. Oh, all right, I guess so. I don't know. Um, but I, what I remember about you is you, there's, there's an edge to the work that you do. There, uh, the, first off, being here for as long as you and I have been here, because I think we, I was here in 95. I moved here in 95. I moved here in probably around 93, mm -hmm. 93, 92. Right? Yeah. That's over 20 years ago. Oh, my God. That's over 20 years ago. Nuts. And so much has changed in that time. And when I say so much has changed in that time, what I mean is so much has changed in terms of my feeling about what's going on, of my feeling about who it is that I am, my feeling about the state of the union and the state of the union being what is LA like? What's it like to be a, um, what's, it like, what's it like to be a professional here? And never giving up. Do you like it? I love it. I love it here. And I'm glad to hear you say that. I pretty much love it too. Don't always love it. No, but where would you always love Nowhere. it? Nowhere. 
I don't think anywhere would I ever always love it. But it's been good for me. I mean, I lived in San Diego, beautiful city, lots to do, great beach culture. I lived, you know, two blocks from Mission Bay you were, and you, eight okay. blocks from the Pacific Ocean. And I came from a landlocked place right. in Ohio. I mean, there is not an ocean for literally thousands of If there's of miles. an ocean, it's a secret ocean. So, I mean, that, I went from that to there. And it was it was great, except I never, and no offense, San Diego, never found my people there. Right. Because I'm not a surfer, although I love, you know, surf clothes and Uggs and all that stuff. And I wear a bikini still at my age. Fuck it, I do. Um, and, I, and I'm not conservative. I'm just not conservative. It's a very conservative it's place, very but it's also like the navy's down there Absolutely. and all that and oh the marines are down there mm -hmm, too at Pendleton. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And as much as I love Carlsbad, it's right. a great community north of San Diego. It's just stunning. You know, I don't I just never found my people and almost immediately upon arriving in LA, of course I came here to be a part of an acting class that I was commuting to UCLA once a week from San Diego to take this class and then was invited into this gentleman's private workshop and that was sort of the impetus to move. Sounds like a strip immediately club. Immediately I found my people. Workshop. I like worked at a strip club too. Gentleman's <laughs> At the same time. Sure did. Okay, good. I had a feeling. Um, but I was a stripper. Where was I? Where did I know you? Do you, do you remember that? Because my memory is not very good about Man, what the fuck I know I'm going to say Brett and Pat. Bat, Brett and Pat. That might, Brett, Brett might Hazel be. and Pat Town. Mm -hmm. Did you do the Tom Booker I did. thing? You were in Foxes, right? I was in Foxes. I was right. Jody Foster in Foxes. Right. That so, was my foray into that whole right. Right. theater, wacky theater, a go-go. Theater a go-go, right? And that was also uh, Valley of the Dolls, Valley of too? the Dolls. Was not in that. Right. I was in Manson the Musical. Right. I played Sharon Tate and Rosemary LoBianca. And I was in Manson something the else. Musical? Yeah, Come on now. I know. Right? I did. I had to take it off my resume. I just... I, you did? I, Why? Because it's too controversial. Talk to it me about that. Is. What do you mean by that? Because would people say, really? Oh my gosh, really? It depends on who... You know, what if... For God's sakes, they were related to Sharon Tate, right. the casting person. I have a friend you of know, mine. You know, I mean, you can't, you gotta be, you gotta draw the line somewhere. I have a friend of mine named Amanda, her name, her birth name is Amanda Beers, and she changed the name to Amanda Tate. And the reason she did was uh, Sharon Tate was her godmother. Aww. And you look at that and you go, but it's weird to be out in LA and to experience those things where I met a guy named Adam Balsam, and I'm thinking, <laughs> like Martin Balsam, he said, that's my dad. Uh-huh. That's right. You never know. You never know. But you never know about most people you never know. You never know. You, you never got, know. That's why you got to be kind of civilized to everybody or just a piece of shit to everybody. <laughs> that's the way I kind of look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, I think I think the second part of that, the, the, the latter part of that, about uh, the, uh, being a shit to everybody. It's just me, like being consistent is basically what I'm saying. But it's Dave. also, but I understand that too. But it's also there's something about the uh, the point of view that you have. When you have a strong point of view, when you, when you say... This is the way that I feel about something, and I feel that way about you. Like you and that crowd that 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 where I know you're from. There is this feeling of I feel this way, and I know you may or may not, but I think that that my certain point of view has always helped me doing what it is that I do. I think that there's something to be said for that. Although I will say that of many of my peers, I'm probably the most gray. <clears throat> as far as the the phrase from Valley of the Dolls that always that I relate to so much is, at night all cats are gray. 
Now, you can read into that whatever you think it means, but I'm not a very black and white person. I right. may seem like it because I'm... Just, yeah. Keep going. I, I, I'm just not. I see the gray in, every, in a lot of situations. Right. And for better or for worse, that's sort of who I am. Right. And when you see the gray, because for me, I feel like I see the gray as well. I'm just going to put this right here. That's perfect. It's right there. So um, I feel like I... Right. To sit back... Well, how how... How can you have a? How can you be a writer and not have a strong point of view? Well, it's not about not having a strong point of view so much as it is about being able to see people's sides to things, mm-hmm. being able to see, you know, where people are coming from, mm-hmm. and and maybe not completely agreeing with somebody, but still being able to play on their field. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. I know that's, what you're saying. That's what I mean. I'm not. It's. I don't like just one kind of. Food. I don't like just one kind of person. Right. I'm all about diversity, and to me, that's that's the gray area. And where the gray area is, I think, is where you get a lot of the fun. Right. Right. Oh, clearly. As, as opposed to the extremes. I like. At times, I do like the extremes as well. Like to say, this is the way that I feel about something. So you have a play like Manson the Musical. Mm-hmm. You can't back away from that. If you're going to do Manson the Musical... You've got to commit to it. Exactly. But a lot of it was just wearing the right go-go boots and the right wig. Absolutely. And it's all camp. Yeah. It's the same thing with Valley of the Dolls, yeah. which I've done a reading of Valley of the Dolls, and it was very camp. But I think that, that there's, there's a group of people that I have hung out with, um, the Annoyance people who yes. have done all those things. My same who, people. Right. And I look at those people, and I feel like the inspiration there is, fuck it, I got something to say. I would agree. And where I fit into that is that I'm a straight man a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. That's why with Foxes, that's when I met a lot of these people. Foxes being the gender-bending uh, rendition of the 1980s movie starring Jodie Foster, Cherie Curry, about the latchkey kids. I went to a table read because a friend of mine um, invited me that we were friends outside of that group. Didn't know Ben, didn't know Joe, any of the powers oh, right, that be. Right, Ben Zook and Joe Doodle? Yes. Didn't know them right. at all. Now they're my... Good, good friends. Ugh, but right? I go to the reading, and I was going there to do Cherie Curry, who was like the hot, um, not that I'm not hot, but she's the party girl that ends up, you know, just being a mess in the movie. And as we're reading, and all the, and all my friends were guys in drag. They were all, you know, the other characters, Marilyn Kagan and was it Michael Jerry Foster. Was it in Michael, no, he was, he was a minor, more minor character. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But when we were done with the reading, Ben said, what do you think? And what he was asking was like about rehearsal schedules and stuff like that. And I said, well, I think for this to work, I really have to play Jodie Foster. And it was silent. But if you have this experience where it's a drag, it, everybody's in drag except for one, that person has to be Jodie Foster. That has to be the real woman. And we ended up winning LA Weekly Awards right. and all right. that stuff because I was the straight person. I was the woman, the dykey kind of, candy-wearing woman, and that's what I normally do. That's why playing Sharon Tate and Rosemary LaBianca, I kind of just played it real straight. I'm not a goofball on stage, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm more, you know, I'm not Jerry Lewis. I'm more Dean Martin. Not that I won't do, you know, pantyhose crotch shots and stuff like that. I will. Right. But I typically get, I'm typically more the straight person. I love the idea of, of saying, I'm just going to blow it out. I'm going to be the, the what is it, Kate? Panning, wearing crotch shot? Yeah, is that what pantyhose wearing Pantyhose wearing crotch shot. I, I, look at all, I look at so much of what Theater Go-Go did, right? Theater Go-Go, right? Yes. What, I look at what so much like Theater Go-Go did and that Chicago uh, annoyance theater influence that came here. And I believe that it changed shit here. I think so, too. 
In what way? Well, I mean, remember, I this is before I ever knew anybody. So the real Eye Brady Bunch was one of the first things, right. correct? Which Jill Soloway right. spearheaded, who's very doing great now, by the way. Good for you, Jill. <laughs> That's awesome. But I went to an audition for that. I actually went to an audition somewhere in Westwood for to be the in the show, life, not knowing not anybody. Not the real Eye Brady Bunch, but to be in the... To be on stage in the real Eye Brady Bunch in Jill's production. Cut to three years later, I know everybody that was in that cast. I didn't get it because I didn't realize it was very presentational right. theater. Right. I didn't understand it. And so, but it's just ironic. I really wanted to be in it because I loved the Brady Bunch. I thought I was perfect for Marsha. And uh, I think you'd be perfect for Marsha. But I didn't understand how it worked. I think then. that that was so important to, to give that context because that Chicago way of thinking is we're going to wink, wink the whole thing. Absolutely. But we're also going to go, we're going to, we're, go, we're going to go balls out on the, uh, we're going to commit balls out to the presentational of it all. Yes. We're going to wink at it, but we're not going to wink at it so we, so it's like, this shit's fucked up. We're right. going to wink at it and go, we're having fun, you're having fun. But it's not a wink at it like the idea of, doesn't this suck? I agree. It's a very, it's, it's, it's really an interesting dynamic with mm -hmm. them and I, I appreciate it. It's really funny. When it works, it's really funny, but I didn't have any foray it's into that. It's interesting that they, that they didn't tell you that, but how do you tell somebody that? I went, I think I answered a casting call from Dramalogue. Remember Dramalogue? <laughs> I think it was in Dramalogue. And I just went right. to an open call right. up on this big stage at, somewhere in Westwood. Like I said, I don't know where it was. And, you know, Oh, was it, was it at the, was it at the, what's the Geffen Theater now? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. As, yeah. As That's where the I show talked, was. I rarely go east of La Cienega anymore. Right. So. Right. I'm not sure where it was. Yeah, Maybe over it was on the Westwood UC Playhouse. Right, at the, right. It was the UCL. Now it's the Geffen Theater. Okay, that's yeah. exactly what. That's exactly where the that's show where was. was. They removed a bunch of seats and they put couches in there to make it feel like more like the Annoyance Theater in mm -hmm. Chicago. Yes, yes. But that whole that whole winking thing, we're going to blow it out of the water thing, was. I think it really changed shit out here. It did it freed people up? It's sort of not. It's it, it's comedy, but it's not stand up. It's not sketch. I mean, it's scripted. But the presentational element of it, where you're facing the audience, is just a. It's something some people feel comfortable with, and other people don't. Right. But it's it can be a lot of fun. It I can be really can't. Fun. I can't see Kenneth Branagh doing it. Mm, I don't know. I can't see him doing it. Mm, maybe not. You know who was in it in Chicago was Colbert was in it. Carell was in it. Uh huh. Um, Amy, I think Amy Sedaris was in it. You know, I Becky so. Thayer. Uh huh. Um, boy, those. I feel like the more people that came out to L.A., the better L.A. theater got. I think so, I mean, too. Sorry, the more well, Chicago, Chicago people came out. Well, I've never out. been to Chicago. Was that ever an option to you to go to say, I'm going to move to Chicago? Obviously, it wasn't because you didn't. No, because I didn't even know I was going to be an actor until I was in San Diego and decided I don't like selling commercial kitchen equipment. Maybe I'll take, in, take an acting class. But you must have felt that you were able to do that because selling is acting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why the hell I was selling slicers and mixers. Why do you think you were selling slicers and mixers? Because I took the job. But isn't it about... I had it because I had a company car. Because I was 21 I'm not years even old. talking about all because that Because I, I stayed in a hotel for four months. But I'm not talking about all those things. I'm saying you did that because there was a confidence that you had to say, look, this is who I am and I could sell stuff. Either a confidence 
or naivete. But aren't those both? But but when you're confident, aren't you also sort of sort of naive of feeling sort of naive? Uh, how can I say this? For me, I feel like I come out and I go, here I am, this is me, and it could be the naivete of people going, who the fuck do you think you are, being so. Well, Dave, I will say I don't think I was ever confident that I was going to be successful in the commercial kitchen equipment business. I didn't know any better, though. Right. And I, for me, seriously, it was a way to get the fuck out of Dayton, Ohio. But you could talk to people. You can oh, connect yeah, to I people. Can talk That's to, what I mean. Brett right. says I can talk Brett to a rock. Right. And I can. Yeah. I mean, I can talk to seriously anybody if I'm in the mood. Right. I, I never start up a conversation on an airplane until we land. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to know everything about you while we're on the tarmac. Because I know that uh, I'm that person that people are going to talk to uh -huh. and I'm going to talk. So I'd rather just kind of insulate myself in an airplane. But yeah, I, uh, I can talk. I can talk to people. But it's about having, having the self-confidence. To, to, for me, I feel like it's the fact that I like myself and I'm also really curious about who the fuck you are. There's that. It's just I'm outgoing. I'm not a shy person, and mm -hmm. I thank God every day that I'm not. Because if you're shy, you have a lot to overcome. And some of my best friends are shy, if not painfully shy. Are they painfully shy, and are they working in jobs where they're... Uh, no, they're, they're actors. Right. That's mostly, you know, what I know. How do, you, how, do you, how do you balance that? The fact not, I mean, how, does, how do you think that they balance the fact that they're shy, and yet they're... Um, they're shy and yet they're actors. Because I feel like if I'm, for me, I've been doing this for so long that, uh, my God, I've been doing it for almost 45 years. So I've been doing this for so long and I look and I think, maybe I was shy at the beginning of my acting career, but I'm certainly not shy You're now. You're not shy now, though. Right. I think a lot of it is uh, self-medicating. What does that mean? I think people that are shy many times self-medicate. In what way? Uh, drinking? Drinking. Uh, what's the thing people take? The ADD thing? Oh, I, I think, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's that. And I think it's also just sort of kind of, you know, revving yourself up to get... It, it's different being... being I don't know if you're talking socially or if you're talking like work-wise. I'm talking work-wise because I also feel like... Yeah, okay, Because I also feel like, for me, I am selling myself. This is who I am. I was born to have the job called Dave Rosowski. That's my job. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to pull back and not tell you who it is that I am, chances are I'm not going to work that much. Yeah, and why not just be Dave Rosowski? What other opportunity in this world do you really get that than, uh, other than being your own, being a performer, if you will? But I also believe that the person that works for, um, oh, uh, what was the name of the company that you were? The, 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 Hobart. Hobart. The person that works for Hobart, they were also born to work for Hobart. Like, their job is, their job is to be the human that has the job that works for Hobart. Am I making any sense there? Yeah, completely. I, 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 I would like to think that we all end up where we need to be in order to make it work as best as it can. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like to think. I, I, th I think that as well. And I also, but, I, but I, I, for me, the, thing, the hard thing to, uh, to balance out is how are you shy and an actor? And how are you shy and be a successful actor? I think it's, there's different kinds of actors, but I think that the, those people that are that, that have shyness, probably immerse themselves in the character, talk themselves into it. You know, Isn't uh, it also about selling it, though? It's about selling yourself, being up there and selling yourself? It is, and people aren't always successful at it. Right. I would love to know the ratio of shy versus non-shy people and, 
as far as where they are with their quote unquote success. Right. You know, is Leonardo DiCaprio shy? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think know. he is shy. I, I doubt it. Right. Is I Tilda Swinton shy? Looking at her, you go, is she, she shy? She seems like she'd be kind of shy. <laughs> she does seem like she'd be she shy. She does seem but like it's also, Jennifer Lawrence, no, doesn't seem shy. No, She's just no. sort of, no, she doesn't seem right. shy. She does not seem shy. But I, I, Tilda Swinton, what was the woman that played, um, uh, she played all the Dylan parts in that movie. Oh, she, you know what I'm movie? She was just in Blue Jasmine. Oh, come on. Oh, Kate Blanchett. Thank you. Yes. Is she shy? It's hard to tell with British people. It really is hard to tell. They stump me. Right. I, it's really hard to tell. And I don't think any Italians are shy. No. Not no. No. Roberto shy. Benigni, I don't you, think he's shy. Sophia Loren, mm -mm. are there any other Italian she's people? She's coquettish, not. but she's not oh, shy. Is she still alive? I think she is. She's still alive. Yeah. Did you feel, I mean, for me, when, um, when, uh, when Shirley Temple died, I thought, again? I knew she was alive. I knew she was. All right. I, I wasn't again. I mean, I wasn't. But you know, when these when people that are old, that's the thing about Facebook. All the condolences. So I'm so sorry for your loss. She was like what, ninety? She was eighty, late eighties. Okay, that's right. pretty good. Right. I mean, that's pretty good. We still, uh, yeah, Shirley Temple. It's not like okay, finally she's dead, finally. <laughs> but hey, Shirley, you did pretty good. You were an ambassador. Right. You were the most, oh, she was the most popular sexy person. little girl anybody's ever right? seen. Right, <laughs> right. I think that if Lolita was made, she might have played was written oh, back then. You could be right. Have you read it? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm just right now. I'm probably ten pages away from finishing it. Mm, it's it's like a horror story. It is. Talk about tension, my man. And it's oh. a great movie too. It's a great movie, and I'm not at the end of it, but I didn't realize that that Peter Sellers character isn't part of, really, isn't part of the book at all. Not really. Not really. I read it years ago, back in college. Well, I talked to Brett. I went over to Brett, Brett Paisel and Pat Towns for dinner the other night, and I was... What she, did I they said, make? Uh, a couscous thing was really delicious. Oh, it was? It was really delicious, and... Um, Who cooked? Uh, I believe that uh, Pat brought it out, but... Um, um, Eric Waddell brought a side dish of shrimp. Oh, not a side dish of shrimp. That's it was just, I think fancy. he bought it. I think the fucker just bought it I'm at sure Trader Joe's or something. I'm sure he did. And looking at all that stuff. But I, I've known those people for so fucking long. They're wonderful people. They are wonderful people, and I'm so inspired by those people. And to be out here, to be out here for the 20 years that we're out here, and to watch, to see all the people that I find to be so fucking inspiring, and to go, dudes, we're still out here. And we're a community. Right. The people that I met when I, the first people that I met in the acting class that I moved here to be in are still my best friends. Who are some of those people? I don't know that you would, some of them will be here, here at the show tonight. I don't know that you would know them because like the one. Well, you know Paula Killen. Uh, yeah, I love Paula. She's Paula's been out here fierce. for so fuck Fierce. She's fierce. Fucking I see her at fierce. least four times a year we have. The Watamari and Dan, right. and Paula, right. and Ben and Joe, right. and myself and Lou, my husband, right. and our kids have a dinner four times a year, right. winter, spring, summer, and fall, and right. everybody hosts a different one. It's a great tradition. But I the, look forward to it. I think the, the idea of community out here is huge. Absolutely, yeah. And anywhere that you go, if you don't immediately get to get a community or have a community already there, I think you're fucked. How do you, but yeah, but people, the thing about L.A. is people put themselves in situations where they're going to get a community. Right. Whether it's group therapy. 
Right. Or it's a class of some sort, writing class. Or a bar. Or a bar. You have your local bar. Right. You're good. You find it. I don't because it's not. It's not. Well, there are definitely suburbs, but if you're in L.A. proper, you kind of have your places that you go to on a regular basis, and that's where you so, find your community. But, so it's interesting because for you, theater is a that, huge community. Uh, for huge. you, that UCLA, that was what brought. That's what. That's what. I'm, I'm going to use this word, and I didn't really mean to use it, but I'm, I'm just. I feel depressed. It, it calmed you and said, "I'm going to be taken care of." That UCLA crowd, right? Yeah. And for me, I got off of the main stage at Second City on. July, I'm sorry, January 5th, 1995, and on January 15th, I was with 10 people in uh, 10 Second City alumni, and looking at all these alumni going, I'm going to be okay. You've got a community. It's, that's really what is, is so strong about, about here, about this city, about LA. I'm sure it's the same in Chicago. I'm sure it's the same in New York, any, any place that has a vibrancy to it. Did you ever think that you'd go to New York? I love New York. Me too. I've never pictured myself living there. Uh huh. I just I like, well, I like having the maybe maybe. There's but an I, ocean but there New too. York City, I don't think so. As uh -huh. much as I love it, and I love, I, I I feel very comfortable there. I went there for the first time when I was in college. I drove all over, not knowing any better. I have my friends, <laughs> you know, my friend's mom's car, and just have always felt really comfortable. Never any kind of fear. Unlike San Francisco, which I think has a kind of a darkness to it. I love San Francisco, I love too. It. I love it. But New Orleans has a little bit of a... And San New York, I just feel like it's uh, it's a great place, but I love... What happened to you? Because I'm just thinking about you being a Hobart kitchen supply salesperson. And then when did you decide... This is so awesome. When did you decide that you wanted to be an actor? Or when did you decide... What, what made you go, oh, this is really what I want? You know what I mean? There was no, when I was a little girl, I used to tell my grandpa, I would love to be on the Brady Bunch. And he said, you should be on the Brady Bunch. But it was more about being a part of that family, right. I think, than it was about being an actor. <laughs> I took, I thought I would take an acting class in Ohio, never did. Had a theater uh, concentration in college, but it was all theater history, just what would fit into my schedule. I think I was just, did not want to be selling the equipment. I'm in San Diego. My, my, um, Boyfriend at the time was a, gr a great blues mu musician and had a brother as, that's an actor that lives here. And I took some commercial acting workshop. I'm like, I'm just going to do it. Like, I played hooky from work. And I started to like it. And I booked some stuff down there. I booked some local San Diego commercials. And then when I took the acting class, I went, hmm. That was the first acting class I did. Do you taken. remember saying, fuck it, this is my life? I remember, I'm, the thing is, I always was, I was that kid where I wanted to make sure I had a secure future. Got it. I got the degree, the bachelor's uh -huh. degree, magna were, cum laude. You were? I mean, oh, yes. Very, at yes. At, uh, at the University of Dayton. Got it. Lovely Dayton, Ohio. Really? I did everything to cover my bases so I would have a backup plan. Do I have a backup plan? No. Right. No. So There's the nothing idea, I'm really equipped to it's do. It's so interesting. Except maybe sell stuff on Etsy. <laughs> I could maybe do that. Maybe I say. I, I don't I, even know. I've talked to people about the backup plan and the idea of having no plan B. The idea of saying, you can have plan B, but it really is kind of a waste of time because you're going to want to pursue your plan A no matter... Ain't it the truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, you have a child. I do. A daughter. A son. A son, pardon me. And, you're, and, and how are you... How are you... How are you 
Um, I'm going to say dealing, but I don't mean that in that way. How are you working with your son? What's your son's name? Daniel. Daniel. How are you working with Daniel just in terms of what he wants to do with his life? Do you understand? Oh. Because would you say Daniel have a plan B? Would you say that? Not at this point, I would not. Because your husband also is, he's a stand-up, right? He started as a stand-up. He still will do stand-up if he has the opportunity, but he also uh, is a writer, producer. Mm -hmm. He's much more well-rounded than I am. And, and yet he never had a plan B, or did he? I don't know if he had a plan B, but he went from stand-up into writing, producing. It was sort of a natural segue. A lot of people did that. Right. You know, he, he wrote for when Ben Stein's Money. He got an Emmy for that. But they had comedy guys that were writing for that show. Right. It's a little different now. I think that the landscape has changed with who they're hiring, and reality can be a difficult world to work in. Wait, hold it. Reality could be a difficult world to work in. I'm just saying that sentence in general is a really good sentence. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, alternate reality. Right. Reality it's the television. alternate reality yeah, that's difficult to work in. It's the alternate reality. <laughs> uh, so would I tell Daniel? Um, not yet. It's, let's see what he's like when he hits puberty. Right. But you're not going into it thinking he's really got, you like, like the idea of letting, letting Daniel go where Daniel's going to go. Yeah. I'm kind of in that, I'm kind of in, because he's very competitive and he's very motivated. Mm -hmm. He is, and he sleeps well. I don't That's know what my that means. Greatest gift. What, that what does that mean well? that he sleeps well? Crap, my friends have to get up at 5, 36 in the morning because <gasps> their stupid kids are waking up. Not mine. <laughs> I'm waking mine up, telling him he has to get up. It's been that's been the best oh gift my I've had. God. Is I have a sleeping child. Uh, uh, got it, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. idea of having, oh, it's it's a blessing. Of course, you know he's the kid that watches Downton Abbey. That's his favorite TV show. Right. But you know it's the luxury of him being kind of an only child. Where right. We can bend some rules a little bit. Yeah. The the idea of I I think that. I was talking to, I'm going to name drop here. I was talking to uh, Carell, and, um, and Steve's parents always said, what do you want to do? And we're going to, we're going to work, we're going to help you do it. Like, what are you talking about? That's not supposed to be the way that you're doing it. That's such a great thing for them to say. That's such a great thing. I, like I said, I don't have to deal with that yet because he loves baseball. That's great. I'm thrilled to pieces that he's huge into baseball. He wants to be a pro baseball player, fine. Mm -hmm. He's doing some acting. It's just sort of happened for him. Right. He's got a Coogan account to pay for college. He has a Coogan account? Uh-huh. What does that mean? I think I know what that means. It means you, if you're a working kid, whether... Oh, he's a working kid. Like he's, 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 yeah. he's done He's done work. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then a percentage of whatever you make goes into this account that you right. can't touch until you're 18. Right. And so he's what has very he been, well aware of it. What has he been on? He did a pilot that didn't get picked up. He's did a part on Burn Notice. Uh-huh. He's done is this something a lot that, of commercials. But this is something that he wanted to do. No, this isn't something. No, not really. He, well, was it you saying, we're going to, No. you guys didn't mm -mm. do that either. It was either. other people telling us, you know what, you really should. Oh, you really should. should. When he, should. he got my, my commercial agent at the time, kept saying, look, he's nine, he can play seven, it's no brainer. I'm like, I don't want to have to drive him to Santa Monica on a Friday. <laughs> we can work with that, you don't have right. to. Just let them come in and read. And so, sure enough, they're like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. You got right, it. Right, right. And as we were leaving, getting on the elevator, he said, you know what, Mom? I have an agent, and I don't even care about acting. <sighs> I went to my agent once, and uh, I remember uh, 
a, a dad taking his daughter, and I remember them sitting, I haven't thought about this in a long time, sitting in the lobby in the office of the agent, and her saying, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, and dad saying, we're doing this. And I thought, you should go to jail. Well, now, listen, though. The other, I, I almost agree, it depends on the circumstances. Uh -huh. My son doesn't really want to do anything. Except play baseball. Got it. He doesn't want to do anything. So, hey, you said you wanted to, you said you wanted to do this audition. Mm. You're going to do it. Got it. Got it. You know, if you Got would have it. said before, I don't mm -hmm. want to do it. I don't. But if we're in the room, or if it's the day of, and all of a sudden, you don't want to take this art class, or you don't want to be at this camp, or you don't want to be at this audition. Tough shit. I totally agree. Tough shit. I, I love that you said that. And it's because for me, I'm going, who the fuck am I to because say that? Because you don't know. You don't, that's, that's where the gray the, area is, Right, Dave. the gray area. There's the right. gray area. You don't right. know what... Right. She probably begged him, begged him, begged him, and then she's there. Or he could just uh, be an, a, a real asshole. Right, it could be other, either way. And I'm looking at that yes, saying, that's leave you your see. girl alone. But I, I, that, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely... I have no right to look at that and to say... Like, you leave your daughter alone because I don't know the story. Well, how old was she? I don't know, 100. I have no idea. I don't know. She could have been a she teen. Was, she could, no, she was, she, was, she was definitely in the single dig. Oh, she was. Okay. She was single digi. You know, so again, but, but what difference does it make, Loretta? I mean, really, what difference does it make? It doesn't make a difference. Because hey, here's the bottom line is, it's not my fucking business. No, and it wasn't like he was being abusive No, it was a I mean, if, he, if they were outside of a Kumon class. I don't know what that some is. Some fancy math tutoring thing. Uh -huh. And he was saying, you're going in. Uh -huh. Yes, you're going to do it. That, you know, that'd be a different story. I also think, I think, like, so much of this is not my fucking business. Like, the, the Woody Allen thing. Like, as much, you can have your opinion about that. Mia Farrow, Woody Allen, whatever. You can have your opinion about that. But at the end of the day, it's not my business. It's not your business. And it would have been, it would have been kind of maybe not done if that achievement award wasn't handed over to him. And, uh, hey, I, I try not to think about it too much, but there is a lot of... There's a lot of iffy stuff surrounding that story. Well, I'm reading. I don't I'm care if Mia Farrow is a complete kook ball. That doesn't who matter. Mar who marries their stepkid? I, I, I mean, it's a there's funky so situation. many people out there for Woody Allen. There's so many people. <laughs> it's not like your stepkid. I don't care if you saw her 20 times. Yeah, you know, it's creepy. And, and plus, I'm reading a Lolita while, while this is all going yeah, down. I'm yeah. thinking. That's creepy town. Oh. It's all creepy town. But I also think it's not my business. But who the fuck knows? It, well, it's not your business, except if there are sexual predators on the planet. Oh, clearly that. Yeah, right. Pedophiles. Right, you right. You kind of have to keep your at least one eye open. Right. On that. It's hard to just keep one eye open. <laughs> I do it all the time. <laughs> well, but you're a mom. Yeah. So that's a very true. different thing. So I tried it. You're aware of it all. You're aware of it all. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, you know, all that stuff. And because uh, oh, I hear people that I respect and know talk about things like, did you hear about this actor and that actor and that actor? I'm thinking, I don't hear about it because it doesn't matter to me. Oh, I don't care about that stuff. Consenting adults. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm, it's not that interesting to me. I don't know who's hooking up with who, nor do I care. No. I, I do feel like... The whole Justin Bieber thing, come on, look, the kid has arrested development, obviously. So does Miley Cyrus, obviously. We're giving them way too much attention. Just let them be. They're still kids. And yet, They're still kids. But that, but that whole thing of 
I think that there's the, like uh, wolves to meet yeah. where, where, where we like all these magazines and all these publications and TMZ and all that other stuff. That's how they make their living. And so they make it salacious, salacious to the lowest common denominator. They make it lowest common denominator. People can say, oh, where are their parents or what the fuck's going on? You know, like all that stuff. So it makes it because it's all about selling stuff. It is. Absolutely is. And I don't want to, I don't even go there. I won't even read about that stuff. I just, but Woody Allen is another thing because it's a kid. It's, and she's being very brave, this young woman who's married and changed her name and moved to Florida. Florida. I mean, if you are brave enough to move to Florida. I mean, does it Florida. mean I think that Woody Allen isn't a great director? No. That's another thing there, too. No, because you but want to look sometimes at the- you have to go, all right, yeah, he's a great craftsman. Uh, a brilliant mind, but he... If Hitler made good movies, would we go, well, but you know what he did? Yeah, I don't know. Well, it was like Riefenstahl, Lenny Riefenstahl. Right. Like she, yeah, I mean, right. she was a great filmmaker for her time. Right. But she was It's all about the propaganda and all that herself. bullshit that yeah. went down. And, and I, I also feel like if, I want, if I'm going to... This is, it's similar. It's similar. If I'm going to say I cannot watch a Woody Allen movie because of the perception of what it is that I think that he's done, and I also have to say I can't listen to Miles Davis because he was a douchebag boyfriend or lover or he was a misogynist, and where do you draw the line at those sort of things? I don't know. That's a good question. You're talking to the gray lady. I know you're the gray lady. We talked about that. I love how that kind of shit comes around. And um, Roman Polanski. You can't deny that he's a wonderful... Filmmaker, but you know, he was with a 16 year old girl or whatever she was. Was right. she even younger than that? I, I think she was younger than that. But you know what? That happened in another country. Did it? Yeah. Did I don't it, know anything about that. See, I don't know anything country. about it. He did Rosemary's Baby, right? Yeah. Did you ever read that book? No. It's a scary motherfucking book. There's a Mia Farrow book, like another thing. But Ruth Gordon. Like, look at Ruth Gordon. Look at Nobody her. talks about Ruth Gordon mm-hmm. anymore. She's around. No. Isn't she? I don't think no. she died. Did she die? No, she must have died. She's got to be dead. She's got to at least have died once. I don't think she's alive. <laughs> I don't think she's, she's alive. Not. I don't think she's alive. Um, but but there's, a, there's a woman that you look at, and she was married to, married to um, oh, playwright. I can't remember his name. People are going, people are shouting at it right now. But he, she was married to a playwright and lived, oh, what the fuck was his name? It's right there. I'm like, took my time. But... Um, those people that lived in L.A. and that were actors in L.A. and New York at that time, I look at them and I think, you didn't make up, you, you, like, she's known for Harold and Maude. Oh, yeah, great. You know? oh. And she's also known for uh, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. But what else do you know her from? You know? Oh, Not God, it was much. C. C. His, her husband's name is the C. But... Look at that career that she had. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not Christopher Columbus either. Um, but, uh, uh, but I think a lot of the actors that we have here that, that came out of here, I love what we do, and I love a strong personality. I love those those character actors that were played in those moments that just broke your fucking heart. Wonderful. Wonderful. A lot of my friends are headed that way. Who's headed that way? Well, just there, everybody that I know, we're the, we're the character actors of the world, the comedy people. There's That's the character actors. Right. I mean, you can be cute enough, but that's where you, you kind of want to go there. I right. don't necessarily want to be the leading... Lady never did. I, I was never comfortable as the ingenue, that kind of character wearing a bathing suit to an audition. Seriously. Right. Now they ask me to wear a bathing suit. I'm like, well, sure, why not? <laughs> Who cares? Isn't I guess, it interesting? Yes, as we get older, for me, I feel like as I get older, there's some few things that I give a shit about, and that's one that's of them. one of the good things. And yet, there's other things you give a huge shit about. 
the you know the the big picture is what you give a shit about when you're when you're younger it's the minutia my hair doesn't look right uh, my butt doesn't feel good in these jeans uh, does so and so like me um, should I be vegan or as you get older it's more about the big picture that's what you care about and it's what's the big picture when you say that the big picture. the environment mm -hmm. uh, you know those big issues things right. like that poverty right. That's what you, you think about, not what brand of jeans are right. the best to have, even because though I am you, rocking these shoes. You are. Oh, my God. You guys got to see these shoes. Um, I'm going to stop here because you got to go and you have a show tonight. I do, Dave. I normally stop. I normally would give us another 15 minutes because I'm really having a good time, but I'm going to stop it now. Well, we'll do it again, Dave. I like that. Let's do that. Thank you, Loretta. Thank you.